Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Getting set to hook up with senior writer at TigerBay.com. Brian Lazar, get his take, and then we'll take a break and come back and get you our game preview. 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. LSU taking on Jacksonville State today in Baton Rouge, where last week the Tiger defense, well, they held their own. A big performance about the, the Devon Gottschall. He led the team with six and a half stops last week. And uh, you know what was interesting about LSU? They did well, especially when you're talking about behind the line of scrimmage. Kendall Beckwith had a one and a half sa- uh, tackles for a loss. Arden Key with two. And uh, Michael Divinity starting as a true freshman out of John Air with a stop. Tashawn Bauer with a half a stop. Interesting to see is LSU two sacks minus ten yards. Now, they get more of a look tonight because uh, Jacksonville State has a more diverse quarterback, one that can equally run and throw the ball extremely well. But when they're in passing formations, how will this offense, this spread offense, prepare LSU down the line, especially in a couple weeks next week when you think about what a guy like Dan Mullen likes to do and also what a guy like Gus Malzahn likes to do from the spread formation. This matchup against a team with a proven quarterback could be a blessing in disguise for LSU down the line when you think about how stacked they are and how they have a veteran quarterback. It doesn't really matter what level or what brand your quarterback comes from. You just look at the numbers in the Southeastern Conference last week, and T-Bob was bringing up the point where this 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 matchup actually could maybe benefit LSU in a few weeks when you think about what they had the next two weeks coming up. They have a spread offense in Mississippi State coming. Mm-hmm. They have a spread offense in Auburn. And you've got, I would think, when you think about those two, two ball clubs, this quarterback is better than both of those two and better than the one they saw last week. So T-Bob seeing a guy like this tonight, if they happen to have a little bit of time where they struggle or so forth, this might be in the long run something that benefits the LSU defense, seeing this type of quarterback, not just in this formation and what they do, but he's a good quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, as good as the LSU defense played last week, and I am somebody who thought that the uh, Dave Aranda's debut was very successful, just from a purely defensive uh, standpoint. But as good as they were, it wasn't perfect. I think the linebacking play uh, could use improvement. Duke Riley uh, definitely had his struggles. Kendall Beckwith, while it seemed like he started to catch on as the game went on, not quite as impactful as you would originally hope. And then the big thing, Deke, uh, 10 missed tackles in the first half last week. They, they seem to get it under control by the second half. But yeah. the bottom line is, as good as the debut was, and as much as I am a firm believer in Dave Aranda and what he's going to be able to accomplish with this defense, they're still relatively new to each other, and, and they still need more time on task. And, and so I, I, I think I'm in lockstep with you where – this game kind of represents a blessing in disguise because you're going against a very talented quarterback, so you get that practice. But right. because of the overall levels of the two teams, you're not necessarily ever in a uh, in right. real danger of, oh, yeah. of losing this one. So you can. This, this is, is tougher a game. than Idaho. This is tougher than say New Mexico State yeah. or something because yeah. this team has adequate talent compared well, to those two. And I mean, look at Jacksonville State. They haven't lost a regular season game. Um, since the first game of 2014, if it's not against an uh, you know a, a Division One opponent, that's strong. Like they they are undefeated on yeah. their level of play. Now they ended up losing in the championship 
uh, last yeah, but, season. But North Dakota State is no ordinary. Yeah, they, <laughs> I mean, that's well, four and, straight and that's, yeah, that's an incredible program. So right. There's no shame. So this is a team that's very used to winning. I think when you combine uh, that the, that fact with the fact that they have a lot of talent, 13 D1 players, they're not going to be intimidated by their by this environment. They're hungry to get in this environment. They want to play in front of the big crowd. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, at B-L-D-O-R-E B-L-D-O-R-E on Twitter. Brian Lazar joined us now. Brian, uh, tonight LSU is facing a team in Jacksonville State. Well, the overall, when you talk about Mississippi State and Auburn coming up, uh, a much stronger club. But from the quarterback standpoint, what they do, what the point T-Bob and I were trying to bring up is that this might help LSU down the line looking at these spread offenses. Yeah, you're right about that, Deke. You know, this is exactly what they're going to see the next two weeks when they play Mississippi State and Auburn. And probably the guy who's playing quarterback for Jacksonville State, Eli Jenkins, is probably better than the two quarterbacks at Mississippi State and Auburn. Now, obviously, it's the supporting cast, particularly, you know, say the lineman may not be as good as what you're going to see at Mississippi State and Auburn. But uh, mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see, you know, how Dave Aranda is going to play uh, what's going to be his defensive strategy against, the, you know, the read option uh, and spread offense. Brian, where, where is the fan base in a, in a game like today? We've been talking all over. You know, it seems like that even the, the ones that, that wear purple and gold glasses and the program can do no wrong and we don't want anyone trashing the program as a way to conduct business, don't air your dirty laundry. Even those core supporters, they, they've been a little bit upset, disappointed. Where, where is this fan base right now? Well, they're pretty frustrated. Let's divide up, you know, let's talk about certainly the the people who are anti-Les Miles. They are in the state where I see I told you I told you so. This guy can't get the job done. And right. the guys who have been pro-Les Miles, they're probably, they're probably starting to go in the other direction. And, and, you know, but some of them are saying it. Some of them are just staying quiet. So uh, the, the funny thing about all of this, Suppose Brandon Harris doesn't throw an interception and Colby Delahousie kicks a 50-yard field goal and LSU wins the game 17-16, to 16, even though LSU still would not see the offense would have struggled, everything would be, you know, most people would feel, well, we got out of there, luckily, with a win. And right, you'd be like Tennessee. Right, yep. exactly, exactly. So, but this is a... As I said all along, this is a result-oriented season for Les Miles, and style points do not matter this year. Wins and losses do, and he got a loss in his first game, and that's not good. And, and, and Brian, so after the loss, so much of this week's conversation has uh, surrounded the offense and the scheme of the offense, and while uh, look, wholesale change is definitely not coming, just looking at this offensive scheme, it's not necessarily that it can't be successful. I think it's just more, it's much more kind of talent and execution dependent than maybe some of the spread styles, and it's especially talent dependent on your offensive line. Unfortunately for LSU, that was probably the biggest question mark coming into this season. Last weekend reinforced those question marks. How do you feel about the current state of uh, the Tigers O-line? Uh See, Bob, you, you hit the nail right on the head. You know, that was the biggest area of question. You know, is it possible this offensive line could struggle? And the answer was yes, it did struggle. Yeah. Uh, there's Look, we're not in the NFL. You can't go off the claim guys off the waiver wire. You, you have what you have. And, you know, Josh Booty suspended from the game tonight, so Maya Tehuma is going to be in the lineup 
at his side playing uh, guard. You know, really, I, 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 it's kind of hard for me to believe that Tehuma, who started, you know, basically all year last year, yep. that the injury put him so far behind that over the last two weeks, you know, he wasn't able to claim a starting spot. That, that you know, that, that, that puzzles me a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody thought Tehuma was, was pretty good. And last year as a freshman, I'm not saying he's a tackle. He's probably better inside at guard. But uh, that really puzzled me, the fact that he couldn't overcome, you know, missing a week or 10 days of practice with that ankle injury. Now, that being said, I don't know how serious the ankle injury was. Maybe it was a lot worse than people had. No, obviously, Will Clapp, you watched him last week, he wasn't healthy. So that injury that he got and had to play with last week certainly had an effect upon him. So. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, different people they can put in there. We'll see Tehuma tonight for Booty, and we'll just have to go from there. But certainly that's, you know, when you're starting with so many young guys in the offensive line, young from an experience standpoint, uh, you know, that's that's a question. Brian, uh, finally before we go to break, your take, LSU-Jacksonville State, what, what, what type of game you expect to see tonight? Well, look, Leonard Fournette's not going to play. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty oh. – you know, everybody's saying it's a, it's a game-time decision. You know, he, he, if it's a game-time decision, he's, then not, you're playing playing. Against, he's right. not playing against Jacksonville State. And, I, you know, from some of the things I heard, you know, this injury is a little bit more severe than they may be letting on. And, you know, I don't know. Mm. I'm sure they're hoping that he can play next week for the SEC opener against Mississippi State. But I don't know if that's a, if that's a guarantee. So Fournette's not going to play tonight. So you're going to see, you know, Darius Geis, Darrell Williams, and maybe Nick Brussett. Well, you know, look, those guys are good enough running backs to be able to run the football against Jacksonville State. Uh, you're looking at three areas that you're looking at. Will Brandon Harris be better tonight? Uh, will the offensive line be better? And hopefully the special teams have to be better because they were really poor last week against Wisconsin. Brian Lazar, senior writer at TigerBait.com, at B-L-D-O-R-E, B-L-D-O-R-E on Twitter. Brian, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Okay, talk to you guys later. All right, coming Brian. up next, T-Bob Bay Bears breakdown, his pick, and we'll get Mark Menard's game preview on WWL. At T-Bob53 on Twitter, keep up with T-Bob. He is very active on social media. He'll be letting you know his thoughts during the contest and also keep up with his weekly columns and blogs at WWL.com. Before we get T-Bob's pick on today's game, let's get you caught up. We call this our game day preview, and we hand things off to Mark Menard. Over the course of the last few months, the hype for LSU's football season reached a fever pitch. The Tigers were returning nearly everyone from last season, with every player another year older, another year stronger, another year wiser. 2016 was to be the Bayou Bengals' best chance at a national title run in years. The national media bought in, ranking LSU number five in the preseason AP poll. And it only took the span of one game for all the anticipation, all the hype, all the expectations to come crashing back down. Now let's be clear, it wasn't all bad for LSU in week one. There was quite a bit of good to take away from their season opener against Wisconsin. For starters, the defense was certainly up to the task, holding the Badgers to just one touchdown on the day and forcing three turnovers. Meanwhile on offense, the Tigers' top star did his part against one of last season's best defensive units. Leonard Fournette rolled up 138 yards on the ground. But LSU's aerial attack proved a major point of consternation. 
Quarterback Brandon Harris's rumored offseason strides seem to be at the very least exaggerated as he struggled mightily against the Badger pass rush, completing just 12 of 21 passes for 131 yards. And while he did toss LSU's only touchdown on offense, he also threw two interceptions. The last one on an ill-advised throw right to a Wisconsin defender in the closing minutes with his team already in range of the winning field goal. The 16-14 loss sent the Tigers plummeting in the rankings, falling 16 spots this week. And so the Tigers returned to Baton Rouge for their home opener against a team with giant-killing aspirations. It was almost exactly a year ago to the day that the Jacksonville State Gamecocks came tantalizingly close to what would have been the biggest upset of the season. They led 6th-ranked Auburn on the plains deep into the fourth quarter before giving up a last-minute game-tying touchdown and faltering in overtime. With that experience in their back pockets and a team filled with FBS transfers, many of them from the SEC, the Gamecocks will not likely be intimidated by the atmosphere of Saturday night in Death Valley. Jacksonville State is also 1-0 after a dominant win over North Alabama to start the year. What it all adds up to is a lot more importance than one would expect to be placed on a non-conference matchup featuring an SEC power and an FCS program. So will LSU begin the long climb back to national championship contention? Or will a season with so much promise be tossed aside before it even gets going? It's the number 21 LSU Tigers hosting the Jacksonville State Gamecocks in Death Valley. Coming up right here on WWL. I'm Mark Menard, WWL Sports. All right, Mark, thank you very much. And follow Mark Menard on Twitter as well. And check out all our Twitter handles at WWL.com. T-Bob, your take on today's game. It is LSU and Jacksonville State. And, uh, you know, you hear this coach speak all the time, well, it's about LSU. This really is about LSU, and they need to get themselves together and playing well. Yeah, look, uh, one thing I, I always talk about is that uh, what defines the measure of a team isn't the adversity that they're met with. It's the response to that adversity. Uh, already this is a team that has been met with far more adversity than they expected. And if they struggle tonight, which is very possible, Deke, this is a good Jacksonville State team. Brought Auburn to OT last year. Uh, a few years ago brought uh, or beat Ole Miss. They brought Florida, I want to say, to triple OT. Like They're used to playing yeah. with the big boys. So this is not going to be some sort of pushover cupcake. And so if LSU struggles, I think you have a fan base that, like we said, their mood is mutinous, very tenuous, a little bit of negativity could kind of, you know, cause the entire attitude of the stadium to turn. And if that happens, how does this LSU team respond? Because that's not going to be critical just for today, but that's going to be critical for the rest of the season moving forward. How do they deal with a lot of the negativity that's going to be thrown their way? Uh, as far as looking specifically at this game for goals, Deke, you, you got to pass the ball better. Uh, Ross Dellinger had an excellent article in The Advocate today in which he brought up some really disturbing stats. I don't even think I realized. 15 out of the last 27 games, LSU's failed to pass for more than 150 yards. 15 out of the last 27. So over the past two years, they're averaging 169 passing yards per game. There are two teams in all of college football that are worse than that. And they don't throw the ball. It's Boston College and Georgia Tech. Yeah. I don't know about BC, but, I mean, Georgia Tech, that's an option right. offense. Uh, and then this is the really worrying stat. And this That's the worst in the state of Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yes, it is the worst, really, in, in, in almost the entire U.S., right? I mean, that's, that's the terrible. point. It's third worst. And, and this is the shocking one, and this is why Les Miles is currently in trouble. 11-9 uh, and nine in their last 20 against Power 5 opponents. So that's not going to change today. But they need to gain some confidence. And, and, and why not? It's like we talked about. You have more of a margin for error this week. Uh, 
why not throw the ball more, man? Risk turnovers, let your quarterback make mistakes, and then show him that it's okay to make mistakes and you can recover from those mistakes. In the end, look, LSU wins. I don't think it's um, – I think it's a bit closer. People think maybe like 14 points, 11, 17, somewhere in that range. Uh, but, but, but it's like you said, it, it's less about the result. And it's more about the path to the result. How do they look doing it? All right, that's T. Bob Abier. I'm Deke Bellabier. Thank you so much back in studio for Dave Potter. All our help out here, Dominic, Casey, and Todd. Up next is LSU and Jacksonville State right here on WWL. Good evening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.